This podcast is brought to you by Whites Ferry Road Church. For more information, please visit WFRChurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, there we go. All right, now we're ready to go. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started now, because I don't want to keep her from, from uh, any more time. Y'all want to look at me. You would rather look at her. So let's, <laughs> i tell you what. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll settle that later. All right, let's pray. Father, we just want to tell you that we love you so much, and we thank you for all that you do for us, and thank you for our family here and the love we share. Father, I do thank you for Pam and uh, the, what you've touched her with and their knowledge and and uh, her willingness to tell us all about what she's got on her heart. We just ask you to be with her, give her the spirit that she needs to be able to uh, tell us what she's supposed to. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all you do. See him and pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. I left early this morning, and... Um, Mom and Dad were still in bed. We had such a good time last night. We took Dad out for his 83rd birthday. And I'm wondering if we wore him out because they're not here. But anyway, nobody looked. We'll wait. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. i got to get you your treat. Happy Rockfish Honey. <laughs> it's painful when you come in late here. Anyway, good morning. morning. Um, It's so good to be with you guys again today with y'all. I got to get back in the habit of that. Um, We are at the halfway point now of my time with you on the Feast of Israel. Uh, We've covered six weeks together, and we have six weeks to go, so we're right smack dab in the middle. We have traveled a long way, haven't we? Haven't you guys just traveled miles? I mean, I've been answering questions you were never asking, right? Isn't that great? I think that is so cool. Um, I'm going to ask a few of uh, you you people up here today to um, share with the class, and you don't have to get all nervous and and puckered because I asked them previously, but I'm going to have a few of you folks come up here and share with the group what the study of the feasts have meant to them, because I think that that would be time well spent. So, Kimmy is going to go first. I'll be quick. Because she has another job for me I today. Do. I do. I have learned that the, oh, our poster's gone. Elohim, 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 Elohim. See, I didn't learn it real well, but Elohim is the God of the big picture, and I'm going to, Zachary, help me understand something. When he takes pictures, you take a digital picture, and if you look at one little pixel, One little pixel, that's all you see is a little blurry, blurry something. But when you pull back and you look and you see the whole portrait of the beauty of God, that's what God is. All we see is the pixel. He's the big picture. I love that. I think that is so cool. I've learned that covenant, the word seven in covenant means I am yours and you are mine. We literally belong to God. That is so cool. And what's even more cool than that is we're, even though we're Gentiles, we're Jews. Like Lindley Loveland. She is a Loveland. She was adopted, but she is a Loveland. Everyone knows who she belongs to. She belongs to Lindy and Billy Loveland. We are Gentile Jews. We're Jenny Jews. I love that. (laughs) That's my thing. By the way, if you go over your minute, you get the horn. You made it. You made it. Okay, Lori, you're on. 
teaching us and, and the seven feasts. It has been an amazing, amazing journey. Um, it just reminded me that God is the big picture. Just We big pictured it right here. And that in the wilderness, whether it's health or finances or drugs, he brings us through and he teaches us to trust him and believe him. And so, oh, sorry, I'm getting all excited. And then um, it's just amazing to me that through these, the other thing, he laid out the gospel 1,400 years before Jesus came. And that is such an amazing thing to me. And then um, also just that he'll bring us out of that desert. He'll set us free. He'll redeem us. And just that wonderful covenant of handing that bridegroom, handing that us his bride. That has just been a blessing to me. And I am just excited to study the Word of God and just to come to class. I'm so excited. I better sit down because I'll be Pam next. <laughs> okay, so oh, i got to check my notes now. No, Zach, you're on, baby. <laughs> I won't see you that excited. Um, some of you know that I was a camera operator on a particular gun show on Discovery Channel that shall not be named. But um, I had a friend, and his name is Jimmy Smalls, a.k.a. Jimmy the Knife, a.k.a. Jimmy the Gun. But his real name is David ben Shaul, and he's a Jew. And um, my, it was my mission to explain to him where he comes from um, and, and why how excited I was to be a part of his lineage. And when you tell a Jew that you're also a Jew, that you're grafted into his family lineage, um, it, it can be very offensive to them. So this, to me, is um, a lot more personal because of um, the, the friendships that I've had uh, through television because there's a lot of Hebrews in you know the television industry. But to... To be connected with them like that and, and for them to not even know it, but, but to use this information to explain it to them, it's, it's very personal for me. That's why I like filming this and, and putting it out to the world because, because there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Hebrews um, that need to know this information. And so that's, that's really why this is special to me because it's, it's, very, it's real to me. It's not just, oh, there's Hebrews somewhere and there's Jews somewhere. No, it's a, they're actually here and they actually need to know this stuff. And so that's why it's, it's uh, special to me. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Okay. Um, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me is it made me go back and start studying. You know, I knew the God of the big picture. I knew about the feast, but I didn't understand them. I've been here about 18 years. And this class has made me go back and look and study and find out about the about wandering in our wilderness because of the people I work with and because of my past, the wilderness that we went through and why we went through it. And I think God meant for everybody to go through one to get where we are. So it's uh, it's been very good for me, especially study habits because mine aren't that great. So Pam has made me go back and look, and we're very blessed to have her here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm blessed with you guys. Miss Debbie. Yes, you do. I know it's hard to get out, but hey, we need you on the mic. Oh, Lord. A minute. Go. This You're on. This has got me totally pumped. <laughs> I'm so excited to come in here on Sunday morning. I tell everybody how awesome this class is. The Old Testament 
I remember as a young child was scary and condemning. But it was really a plan of his amazing grace for us. I will bring you out, set you free, redeem you, make you his own. I love the way we read, verbalize, and see because it helps me remember. I would like to thank Pam for her love of our Redeemer and how she expresses it in her teachings with such compassion and excitement. I'm proud to be a part of this class, which is going down as history for WFR. And um, I'm praying that God will provide a way for her and her family to come back. <laughs> and Leah. I need, um, yep, I need, um, Lori, would you do me a favor and get those Rosh Hashanah treats and, and hand them out to people who came in and didn't get one? If you didn't get one of these little treats, Lori's passing out, please raise your hand. Um, because everybody, <laughs> Paul, you don't get to. Thank you. Did I, did I miss anybody? No. Thank you for coming up and sharing with the class because, um, I just learned, you know, I just stumbled on these feasts myself in 2013, and I could have named them to you. Like Mike said, I mean, I remember here at White's Ferry Road learning the feasts, you know, the names of the feasts. Um, but we just never went into them, you know, in any, and we didn't get dig and eat them and devour them. Anybody, everybody get their little Rosh Hashanah treats too up here? Very good. So anyway, I just, I just fell on my face when I started discovering all of the rich treasure found in Leviticus 23. And I'm really happy to be here. We live in challenging times. This culture isn't like the culture when I was a kid. You picked up a lot of faith just going to school, didn't you? I mean, we had a prayer at school. We had the pledge. We lived in a, a, a much more moral society. But we live in a very sinful culture. And the more starved people are for hope and truth, the greater our opportunity to shine for Jesus. Um, broken people walk around looking fine. I mean, you guys look so good. But I don't know how many of you are broken. You know, like we get locust shells on our locust trees in Ohio, and you know what they are. They're just empty, brittle shells, and that's what people are so many times. They're walking around looking good on the outside, but they're broken and brittle and empty on the inside. And we have a huge job to shine for Jesus and to fill him with the hope of our Messiah. That's what's so awesome about belonging to Jesus, our Messiah. You guys notice we had a change of posters. Okay, we're entering our fall festivals now, but who can remember? Let's say our spring feast together. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost. The posters helped you remember, didn't they? Because you can envision that in your mind. I just love that about the way God teaches because he teaches in pictures, and that's what I need. Before we get into our, our first fall feast today, trumpet, also called, uh, also called uh, Rosh Hashanah. They're all in my mind. I need to review just a minute on Pentecost because we shagged out of here last week, and I really didn't finish everything I wanted to say. So give me two or three minutes to quickly review on Pentecost. Pentecost is also called the Feast of Weeks. Anybody remember why Pentecost would be called the Feast of Weeks? Seven weeks of seven days from first fruits. Yes, what does seven make you think of? Covenant where God says, I will be yours and you will be mine. Very good. But it was also a day of rejoicing. Say that, rejoicing. Um, I'm going to read to you in um, Deuteronomy 16. 
Count off seven weeks of seven days from the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain, which is first fruits, the, the feast of resurrection, remember? Then celebrate the feast of weeks or Shavuot to the Lord your God by giving a free will offering in proportion to all the blessings the Lord your God has given you. Then repeat after me, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice before the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. Uh, who's to rejoice? We read these on cards. Repeat after me, you, you. your son, your, son. Your, daughters. your daughters, your men servants, your, men servants. your, servants. your maidservants, the Levites, the, Levites. the aliens, the, aliens. The, orphans. the orphans, the widows. Why did he list the Levites, Paul? The yes, the priestly tribe. The priestly tribe was to come and celebrate the last poster I had here, Shavuot or Pentecost, because it was a time when all people were collected. Everyone was invited because everyone were all sinners, right? And sometimes we've got to remember, sometimes we've got to remind ourselves, those of us in ministry, that we need to fall at the feet of the cross too and confess our sin, right? I mean, it's our struggle. You know that. So they're all invited, wonderful, and they're commanded to rejoice in spite of Israel's miserable failures at the giving of the law on the first Shavuot. Remember, Moses came down from the mountain and saw his newly redeemed nation, the newly redeemed people who were just on the right side of redemption. What were they doing? What were they doing in front of the golden calf? Dancing, getting drunk, rejoicing and indulging in what? Sexual fornication. And the, and the day the law was given, the nation was failing miserably. And Moses took the Ten Commandments and crashed them on the ground. They broke into hundreds of pieces. His way of saying, you've broken God's law. You don't deserve God's law. In spite of all of that, Pentecost was a time of great rejoicing because in spite of our weakness and in spite of our failures and in spite of our unfaithfulness, God is what? God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. And so all the people from all over the Roman world packed in to celebrate Shavuot, Pentecost, to celebrate the fact that El Olam is faithful even when we're not. It's a time of great celebration. Two loaves of fat, yeasty, yummy bread were offered as a wave offering before the priest. Why yeasty bread? Remember your sin at Shavuot, at Pentecost. Why would they be remembering their sin on this feast of Pentecost? Why would they be? Why did I just talk about the golden calf? Yes, remember your sin. Remember that when the nation was born, you were bowing down to a golden calf. Remember your sin. Why two loaves? Jew and Gentile. We're all sinners. We're all in need of redemption. Don't you love the pictures? Don't you love uh, the way God teaches his people? I do. It just really, really encourages me. Now, I just didn't want you guys to go out of here thinking that Pentecost was just a, a depressing uh, celebration because it wasn't. Or a depressing feast. It was a feast of great joy because of what God has done. Now, I want to talk really quick about how come the holy city of Jerusalem was so packed with pilgrims from all over the Roman world. I told you guys last week, I mean, it was just packed 
Think about going to a professional football game. I mean, probably up to a million people had packed into Jerusalem to celebrate Shavuot. Does anybody, can anybody tell me why they would have gone to all that time and all that expense to travel back to the holy city of Jerusalem? Anybody remember? They were required to. Three feasts. All faithful Jews were required to make the pilgrimage back to Jerusalem to celebrate three major feasts. Repeat after me. Passover. Pentecost and Tabernacles. Those were the three. You had to go celebrate those three festivals. Now, here's the agenda. This is what happened when everybody flooded in to celebrate Pentecost or Shavuot or Feast of Weeks. They're all the same thing. It was a time of great rejoicing for God gave His law to His people. We should rejoice in that law too. The law is so awesome and so good. Now, we fight against it in our young years, don't we? Those of you who are under 30, raise your hand. 30 or close to it. Do you guys, do you, those, of, those of us who are older, do you remember those years of fighting against that law? I mean, maybe I'm the only one. I mean, I told you guys about my wander, wilderness wandering. But you kick against the saddle and you pull against the rain when you're younger because the law is just a drag, right? But as we become older, we begin to understand how awesome the law is. Because it gives us boundaries and it gives us protection. And so the law was honored on the day of Pentecost. The Jews kissed their, kissed their law. You know, that's awesome. I kiss my Bible all the time. I just do. And, I, and when I go to my grandkids' house, if the Bible's laying on the floor, I'm like, oh, no, 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 let's don't put the Bible on the floor. Let, you know, let's treat it with honor and kindness. We should be kissing our Bible because it contains redemption, right? And so the people would review the giving of the law. It was a time to stay up all night reading the law, and they would, and they would review the Ten Commandments on the day of Pentecost because when the Ten Commandments were given, what happened? The people were worshiping the golden calf. They would say, we aren't going to do that. We're going to study the Ten Commandments. I want you all to go home today. And you ask your children... Recite for me the Ten Commandments and see if they can. And if they can't, see if you can. And if you can't learn those together, how can we send our children out to, a, to a, an evil, wicked world if they don't know the basics, right? Say it, the basics. The basics. They've got to know the ten. Take them home and see if they know them. Review them. Learn them. It was a, it was a one feast day. A day for, they celebrated it for one day. Always fell on Sunday. Remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came on a Sunday, right? That's the day the church was born on that, on that Pentecost. It was a time to praise God and rejoice unto Him for the giving of the latter first fruits, the wheat harvest. Say that, the wheat harvest. I told you earlier, remember, Dad waved the barley harvest at first fruits. Okay, this is 49 on the 50th day. Now we're rejoicing the wheat harvest. It was a time of reading the book of Ruth. Now you think, why would these Jewish people read the book of Ruth during Pentecost? Because Pentecost is a harvest festival. And the book of Ruth paints a beautiful picture. Remember that story where Ruth went back to to Bethlehem and she would glean from the fields. And so the whole whole story of Ruth is the book of, of Ruth gleaning and how the people of God were very compassionate and kind to the poor. 
It's very sweet. Now, they were kind and compassionate to the poor. They allowed them to work, which was honorable. And we need to sometimes revisit how we help people. We would do better to follow God's standard of how we help people. Wonderful book. The book of Ruth is a picture of Jews and Gentiles becoming one. And the book of Ruth is a picture of our kinsman redeemer. Remember that. Our kinsman redeemer. Boaz was was Ruth's kinsman redeemer. And Jesus, our Messiah, is our kinsman redeemer. Wonderful thing to do during Shavuot. The basic theme of Pentecost or Shavuot is the harvest. Say it. The harvest and the giving of the law. And it's the time that we should thank God for all he's done for us. When on that first Shavuot, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what did God give us? The outpouring of what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Shavuot. You remember when the law was given on the first day of Shavuot and and Moses came down with the law, remember? And he broke them because the people were worshiping the golden calf. And Moses said, Who will stand with me? And the Levites rallied around Moses and took their swords. And 3,000 were slain that day when the law was given for worshiping the calf. Because the law, as wonderful as it is, can only bring death. But when Jesus Christ, after he resurrected and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples went out, preached the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was no New Testament. The feasts told the story how many were saved that day. 3,000 because God restores to us what the locusts have destroyed. The day the nation of Israel was born, 1,400 years later, the church was born on the same day and God gave back what the law was unable to fix. The law's perfect. It's wonderful. It's great. But we're weak. And God gave us the Spirit. I just, you know, I just could do backwards flip. When I was putting all this stuff together, I'm just like, whoa! I just, oh, I just couldn't believe it. And actually, I want to tell you something funny. I told the Lord, I'll tell anybody, anybody about the feast. You just got to open a door for me. The next day, I got a call to come up here and share these feasts with you guys. That is so awesome. The feasts in the spring proclaim in Leviticus 23 the gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits proclaim the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Then you know on your little on your little on your little sign that you guys have all over this church, you know, that um Keith Powell, yep. Then you notice there, there's an arrow coming down. That's the giving of the Holy Spirit. The whole complete gospel was behind you in poster form. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus our Messiah and the giving of the Holy Spirit found in the dusty pages of Leviticus. Give God a hand. Give Elo Lamb a hand. Give him a hand. It is awesome. It is awesome. We are living. This is what I don't want you to miss. We are living in the Feast of Pentecost. We are living in the Feast of Shavuot. It is a time in the history of God's economy where the Holy Spirit is still being poured out, still being poured out to those who trust Him. This is called the long summer of service. There's no feasts at all in the summer. It's a, it's a 
Pentecost is a harvest festival. We're not called to harvest wheat, most of Any farmers in here? We're not called to harvest wheat during our Pentecost. We're called to harvest what? Souls. We're called to harvest souls. We're living today in the period, the festival, the appointed time of Pentecost. And I didn't know if you guys knew that. This, these three feasts, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits were fulfilled in the life, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, given on the day of Shavuot, is still the, the season we're walking in. And that is something that we need to understand and rejoice in. Okay, now, that's done. We're done with all the spring feasts. Today we get to look at the fall festivals with what little bitty time we have left, okay? Um, trumpets, number one, that's the first one we're going to look at. But repeat after me because you guys need to learn them. Okay, trumpets, trumpets. Day, of atonement, day of atonement, tabernacles. tabernacles. Okay. Trumpets, trumpets, day of atonement, Tabernacles. Those are the three fall festivals, and they all come in, in our September, okay, fall. Judaism has different new years, okay? Just, they have a new year for the reign of kings. Judaism has a new year for the tithing of animals. They have a new year for trees when you can collect the fruit, and they have a new year for years, okay? Much like our calendar year, we have a new year, January 1, when our new year begins, then we have a new year when school begins. It used to be September for us. I think now it's August, right, for most kids. And then businesses have new fiscal years, right? So we have different new years ourselves. Rosh Hashanah, say that. Rosh Hashanah, that's, that's trumpets. That's why I have that on there. Rosh Hashanah is, is the beginning of their new year, their new civil year, their new agriculture year. And so um, it's the beginning of the new year, and it's the first of the fall festivals. These fall festivals, just think of the calendar with 12 months, okay? The Jewish calendar had 12 months too. Now, if you had to take a stab at which months trumpets came in just from coming to this class for six weeks, what number of the month do you think trumpets might come in? Seven! What is God trying to tell his church? Covenant! Covenant, remember I'm working, I'm going to make you mine, and I'm going to be yours. It comes, Rosh Hashanah comes on the seventh month of the Jewish calendar. Rosh Hashanah means to begin. It means the head of the new year. So cool, so cool. Remember my covenant. Just like Friday, now you guys, we're working on this Christian calendar, and we think Sunday is our beginning, you know, our big Sabbath, but in the Old Testament, what was their Sabbath day? Saturday. So they always took Friday to prepare for their holy day, the Sabbath, which is what day of the week? What number? Day of the week. Seven. Okay, well, just like the seventh month is trumpets, God's people prepared for this festival a full 30 days before they celebrated Rosh Hashanah. Can you think of any holiday that we celebrate in our modern world where people might take a full 30 days to get ready for it? Absolutely. And that's what these people did. 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, the people would remember 
Remember, say it, remember, remember. Now, I'm going to ask Kim if she, if she would, because she said she would help me, but not yet. But I do want to show you real quick a trumpet. This is the kind of trumpet I want you to get in your mind. Okay? Uh, the horn of an animal. And if you notice that this horn is bent. And the idea was that God wants us to bend to his will. Many, many times the, the trained a trumpet player or trumpet blaster would blow this, this trumpet in short little blasts. Just boom, boom, boom. Broken, broken, broken. The idea was we are to break our will and, and bend our will to whose will? God. To God's will. So Kim's going to blast that for me because I thought I'm going to have a hard time teaching and blasting. Go ahead and just, just a minute. I don't want you to blast it right yet. I want to talk for just a minute about why Rosh Hashanah, who came the first day of the seventh month, the month of Tishri, say that, Tish, Tishri, that's right, means the head of the, head of the new year, what, it's, what is it for? We learned about Passover. We learned about unleavened bread, first fruits, and Shavuot. Now, after the long summer, these three remaining feasts are yet to be fulfilled. They're going to be fulfilled in the coming of our Messiah, Jesus Christ. So let's look at what this Feast of Trumpets means. It was an appointed time. Kim, if you can, give her a blast. Okay. Very good. Very good. Trumpets was an appointed time to examine your life. Say that. Examine your life. We don't want to examine our lives. I like to examine Kim's. And I like to examine Lori's, and I like to examine my husband, all right? We don't like to examine ours. It's a time to examine our lives and to restore our relationship with God and to restore our relationship with each other. Sounds like the Ten Commandments, doesn't it? The first four of the ten deal with how we're to deal with God. Six through ten challenges us how to live with each other and get along. So it, it reminds us of the Ten Commandments. Um, 30 days, the shofar would blast. Give her a blast, Kim. Oh, okay. <laughs> Woo. 30 days, this shofar would blast. Each morning from the temple, in preparation for the people to confess their sins. Say it. Confess their sins and seek forgiveness. Say it. And seek forgiveness. There was a doctor who did a who did a case study. He was working with people who, were, who really had emotional problems. I read this book a long time ago, and it's not just a fiction. It's a, it's a true book. Um, and he thought, I'll just try this experiment. And he took some of the worst of his patients, and he, he dealt with them according to the Word of God, and he encouraged them, go back to the people that you've wronged. Go back in your life to the people you've harmed. Seek for, confess to them your sin. Confess to them all the bad you've done and ask them to forgive you. Whether they do or not, come clean. And he, like 90% of the people that he was working with got better and better and good enough to leave simply because they came clean and simply because they confessed their wrong. They were healed. Does that sound familiar? Let me go, let me tell you something. Humans are not naturally inclined to say, I was dead dog wrong, are we? We're not inclined to say that. Honey, can you please forgive me? Can you please forgive me? I was wrong last night for calling you every degrading name known to man. 
I was wrong for doing that. Can you please forgive me? I just want to show you how sorry I am. Let me do the dishes all week. Let me, let me clean your car out for you. Let me give you a full body massage all week. No strings attached. Wouldn't that be great? Confess your sin. Make, make efforts to re, make efforts to do better. That does not come naturally to us. You need to go. Where does this start? At home. Say it. At home. It starts at home. Kids, I'm so sorry I was impatient last night and put my fist through the wall. It was so wrong. It's not your fault. It was my fault, and I'm sorry. I'll get that fixed this weekend. Baby, I should have never poured bleach all over your work clothes last night. Should have never done it. I was so mad at you, and I'm sorry, and I'm going I'm to do my best to replace what I ruined. See, it's not just saying I'm sorry. It's making an effort to fix it. Then you walk over to your neighbor's house, and you knock on the door. Your neighbor comes to the door and you say, I, I'm really so- I just have to tell you, I'm really sorry I flipped you off yesterday when you told me that my dog was pooping all in your yard. I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I, I sh- I shouldn't have flipped you off. And if you'll forgive me, we'll make sure my dog stays home. And I brought a shovel and a rake. And I'm going to clean it up. We laugh at that, don't we? Because you know how many times in our lives we treat people badly? And we pull up that old rug and we sweep it under that rug till that rug has just got this big bump in it, right? This is the time, the blessing of the trumpet, to get yourself right with God, to get yourself right with your family members and to get yourself right with those in the community that you have behaved like a royal rear end to. Boy, you guys get quiet. I can always tell when the, when the gears are turning. That's what... This, this is about, this is one more. You go to your grown children and you collect them and you say, I'm sorry I bailed on you guys when you were little. I'm sorry I left your mom with the responsibility of raising you kids. I'm sorry and I don't know if we can ever have a relationship together anymore. But just know it wasn't you kids. It was me. I was a thousand times wrong. It was me. You can forgive me. And then if they can't, it takes time if they can't. Don't walk away with your shoulders down. Send them a birthday card every year and write, I love you. Send them a Christmas card every year. I love you. Be involved. Let them know you love them. Don't have a pity party. Seek forgiveness. Try to fix it. And don't be a victim. God's in charge. Let him work. That's what the blessing of the trumpet's about, Kim. Bless that trumpet. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, though? I don't want to lose you. Every church across America blasting the trumpet on the first day of Tishri, challenging the, the congregation of the redeemed to get your act right with God, to get your act right with those within your home, and to get your act together with those in the community that you've offended. Can you imagine the power if people can hear the blast of the trumpet, this is your month of preparation. Get ready for the Feast of Trumpets, ten high holy days. 
These feasts all come together in the span of 10 days. Get your life ready. Get your life right. Fix what's wrong. The blasting of the shofar every morning for 30 days. It's a time of going back to fix all that we've screwed up in the past year. There's a lot of fixing, right? There's a lot of fixing because we don't come clean very good, do we? We just ignore it. You were getting a fight with your spouse. Three or four days finally pass. You haven't spoken. You just pick up and you walk. You don't ever discuss that nasty, right? God says fix it. Get it fixed. I tell you, I get so tired of talking to people who ruin their families. And they say, ah, oh, I'll just tell you the truth, Pam. I don't remember. You ever heard that in counseling? Quit lying to yourself. God knows you're lying. You bet you remember. You don't want to remember why. Why do people say they don't remember? Because they don't want to remember. Quit your lying. Bless the trumpet, Kim. Bless the trumpet. Confess your sin. Confess your sin and fix what's broken. Make it right with God. Make it right in your home. And make it right with your community. That's what the Feast of Trumpets is just that much about. (laughs) Now, I I can clearly see this is going to take two weeks. I hate it. I hate it. I hate my time schedule. I I just want to tell you guys that God knows how to move us, right? He moves us through the smells of the Passover feast. He moves us through the sight of the priest waving the barley sheaves over the congregation. He moves us when the little children on unleavened bread collect the donuts and the cookies and the honey buns and and we collect them in the boxes of family and take them out and burn them. God moves us as we see the fire and smell the burning food. Oh, God knows how to move us. Sometimes I think, sometimes, and I'm not talking about this church, but sometimes I think, could it be any more boring? (laughs) I mean, you guys, I thought I would hear a hearty amen. But I know that it's not this church. This church is awesome. But you guys know how boring it can be, how it doesn't touch you, how you come and you leave. You don't feel anything. God knows how to move his people. And with the, and with the Feast of Trumpets, he uses sound. I'm going to have Kim, if she would, play. We're going to listen to three pieces of music, and we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to finish up with what time we have left with the Feast of Trumpets. Okay, you're on. Do whatever moves you. Do not be intimidated in this place.
it, how did it make you feel? Patriotic. Patriot, anybody else? Proud. Did, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. It moves us, doesn't it? It's, it moves us. Okay, number two. Almost every one of you, almost every one of you looked in reverence to the floor. Almost every one of you. What were we doing on the first one? Stood to our feet, hands on our heart. What were we doing on the second one? Weeping, remembering what? What were you remembering? Old, what else? Ultimate fallen soldiers. Fallen soldiers. Anybody over here? Yes. What is a moves us? God knows how to move his people. Three, Zach, play that. Do whatever you feel like doing.
that God's royalty, that God is the king of the universe. Don't we forget that. All blessings flow from God. Who has your pink forms? Not Baal, not Baal too. Let's just read them together. Two, not your government. Three, not your military. Four, not your insurance policy. Five, not your boyfriend or husband. Six, not your girlfriend or wife. Seven, not your pills. Eight, not your food. Nine, not your alcohol. Ten, not your fat bank account. Eleven, not your political party. Is that it? Twelve. Very good. It's God, our royal king. Who has the who has the blue trumpets with trumpets and who has it? Sarla, as loud as you can. With trumpets and blasts of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord the King. Who's next? With trumpets and blasts of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord the King. Three. With trumpets and blasts of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord the King. Get ready. Four. Very good. One more time, Kim. God is royalty. Our blessings come from God. The Feast of Trumpet says, Blast the trumpet. Blast that trumpet. Blast that trumpet. Let me tell you something. The trumpet sounded number three to remind the people of the Day of Judgment. The Day of Judgment. Confess and be healed. You're having a secret love affair. Confess that thing and let God heal you. You're walking around year after year after year with the guilt of a past abortion and that guilt is killing you. Find a holy woman of God you can talk to. Pray together. Know God's healed you. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. It's a time for confessing and it's a time of healing. You've been a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. You've been living like a hellion. Get back to the Lord and His people. Confess your sin. Confess your sin and get right with God. It's the time to blast the trumpet. In God's church today, it's way past time to blast the trumpet. Number four, the trumpet sounded as a day of remembrance. When God remembered His Hebrew slaves, when God remembered Sarah and Hannah and Rebecca and all the women who, were, who had dead wombs, God moved to remember means to act, to, to move in behalf of someone. And God moved in behalf of these people. He moved in behalf of you and me as He laid out His redemptive plan of salvation that was fulfilled in our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Blast the trumpet one more time and you're done. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I thought Kim was windier than that. I'm going to finish this wee little bit, and then I'll let you guys go. I think, give me five more minutes. Number five, the trumpet was blasted to celebrate the birth of the world. Say that. The birth of the world. You know, our, our buildings are packed, right? I mean, your building is packed. These church buildings are packed. But, it, but are we taking truth home? Are we leaving it here? Are we taking it home? Are we taking it to our workplace? Are we taking that truth to the university, to the voting booth? Are we taking truth with us when we leave this place? The trumpet blasted 
to celebrate the birth of the world. In 1925, there was a trial called the Scopes Monkey Trial. Anybody remember that? Anybody alive in 1925? The Scopes Monkey Trial in 1925 was a time when the schools were battling over should evolution be taught in the schools. Let me tell you something. If the Church of Christ had been blasting, if the churches across America in 1925 had been blasting their trumpets every week, proclaiming the birth of the world through the awesome, mighty, creative hands of Elohim, our God, awesome and mighty in creation, the God who swore a covenant with Himself. Why? For there was no one greater by which to swear that He would never stop His work, never stop His labor until all things were restored and made whole. If the church had been blasting the trumpet in celebration of God creating the world, would we have evolution in our schools today? Would we? No. There were no trumpets being blasted. Was there a feast of Passover? No. You guys have to answer me. Was there a a feast of Passover? No. No. Was there a feast of unleavened bread? No. Was there a first fruit? Yes. What's it called? Easter. 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 After a Babylonian fertility goddess whose symbols of her love are bunnies and Easter eggs. Was there a Feast of Pentecost? No. Was there a Feast of Trumpets? No. Was there a Feast a Day of Atonement? No. Was there a Feast of Tabernacles? No. The, no. The trumpet laid silent. The Israelites, to hear the sound of the trumpet is very dear to them. Leviticus 23 says, ask, God says, ask, God asks for a memorial, an appointed day for trumpets to be blown. God likes to hear the sound of the trumpet. Say it. God likes to hear the sound of the trumpet. And the, I don't have time. I'll let you go. But the church of Jesus Christ is going to be called to meet Jesus Christ in the air. And the dead in Christ will rise at the sound of the trumpet. we got to start sounding the trumpet across America. I don't care if we're the only ones doing it. we got to be the leader. Somebody has got to lead the pack back to the holiness of God found in the feasts appointed by God Himself. Go from this place and shine for your King Jesus. We will shine for our King Jesus. Let it begin at home. See you next week. This has been a presentation by Whitesbury Road Church. For more information, please visit wfrchurch.org.